So I put a little more emphasis today on recognizing the awareness uh, rather than kind of mm, glomming onto the object. Of course, there's no aware. If there's no object, there's no awareness. So there's always an object. But with recognizing the awareness, we can let the object be very light. Uh, we don't need to kind of focus or um, try to stay with the object. Things can the mind. The mind is very subtle. The mind is very quick. So when we just settle back into this recognizing the awareness. Yeah, the awareness is arising in every moment also, like objects. And so it's just shifting the object from the front burner to the back burner, and the awareness from the back burner to the front burner. Because in every moment, they're each arising, object and awareness, object and awareness. So rather than glomming onto, going into, kind of reaching deep into, to kind of feel the object, we know it's there. What we want to also recognize is this awareness that's doing the knowing. So it'll take a little encouragement, self-encouragement, and uh, reminding yourself that it's okay. One of the one of the uh, challenges in transitioning from one practice to another is it's not familiar and we don't know if we're doing it right and we'd rather kind of go back to our old way of doing things because at least we know what the problem is but here we don't know what the problem is yet we're just kind of like am I doing it right or not and and because the mind is so much subtler than many of the objects that we attend to when you when you feel uh, a sensation or when your attention is called to a sensation or discomfort in the body, it's really distinct. It's really pretty noticeable. It's got a location. It's got a distinct flavor. It lasts for a specific period of time. And you can really be clear about that. When you're looking at the mind and uh, even thoughts, they're kind of quick and ephemeral and they don't have a location and they sometimes don't have a distinctive flavor, they're just kind of like wispy things. Or when you get to mental states of ease or irritation or kind of perplexity, something like that, they're even more ephemeral and less distinct as far as when did this, when did this arise and when did it disappear and where is it anyway? So there's a gradient of um, distinctiveness of objects, really, if you will, uh, from physical to emotional to mental, cognitive to mental states without content. And more subtle than all those is the mind, the mind that's knowing all that. And so it can be pretty perplexing just how to recognize the mind and awareness. But you can just ask yourself, what's my attitude of mind or what attitude of mind is present? And as you drop back and get a sense of what the attitude of mind is that's present, then you'll recognize, oh, there is awareness here. You know, and as I mentioned last night, to to check your attitude of mind, just kind of 
take a selfie of your face, make it an emoji, and what is it saying to you? We all know how to read emojis, so right? And they're subtle, just like, really? What's that emoji, yeah? Uh, huh. Ah, mm. you know, they got, a, they got a sound that goes with them too, evidently. <laughs> but don't make that. <laughs> don't check it out that way. So again, knowing that there's a transition today to just kind of having gotten here and gotten them a little momentum, settled in, mostly kind of familiar with the format of the retreat, we're just going to give you kind of the next lesson, so to speak, or not the next lesson, but just shift your attention in practice. So understand that there might be a little, I don't know if I want to do this because I was just, I was just getting used to the breath. I just found the breath yesterday. It's like, oh, now I got to do something else. Ah. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. To help support your um, understanding of this and transition to recognizing awareness, uh, we'd like to offer you all a book this morning. And it's a book of Saito Utejaniya's teachings called Dharma Everywhere. It's his third book. Um, they will be on a table in the dining room and you're all welcome to have one. And actually, you're all encouraged to read it on the retreat. <laughs> Talk about distraction. Not as a distraction. No, wait a minute. I don't mean that. We want you to go to page 74. <laughs> and it's about what attitude of mind to practice with. Actually, the book is yours. Please take it to your room. And please only read it in your room. We know you're all going to be reading in your room. But we'd also like you to come back to the... We'd also like you to come to the hall occasionally. <laughs> so it's not a book to read like a novel. It's more a book to read a page or two to get a reminder to get some information, and then leave it be, go practice for a while. Come back at lunchtime, take another look, read something else, get a reminder, leave it be. You take it in a little bit at a time. That way you can actually use the information that you uh, get from the book. So, any questions? Wow, <laughs> there's a lot of hands already. Okay, one. Thank you. Um, what's the difference between awareness and the mind? Awareness and the mind. Okay, generally we're going to, we have been using and will use the words uh, mindfulness and awareness synonymously. Um, if we talk about mindfulness as a mental factor in the process of awareness, we'd be distinguishing that particular capacity of mind. But the mind, uh, you know, the mind does, the mind kind of runs the show, but we're often not aware. So they're not synonymous, but certainly the mind is what is aware. It is the mind that thinks, it's the mind that feels, it's the mind that's aware. So awareness is a capacity of the mind, just like feeling love is a capacity of the mind. It's an right? It's an ability of the mind. Feeling hatred is also a capacity of the mind. Being clear is a capacity of the mind. Being really deluded is a capacity of the mind. So the mind has many functions, um, qualities, 
uh, attitudes, uh, attributes, if you will, and functions. So what we're doing is we're cultivating a specific function, awareness, here. Okay. Yes. When the energy is low. Yes. Yes. I understand in, in, in this practice, the instruction would be to just be aware of what that's like. Yeah. What, what's the experience of low energy and drifting off it in thoughts? Yeah. Um, is it ever appropriate in this practice to take a little time to say, um, give maybe 25% of your attention to the breath and then yeah. the 75% yeah. the, the way sure. you're describing? Sure. Sure. So the question is, you know, what if you're just drifting off into dullness and sleepiness and wandering mind? And with this practice, is it okay to uh, take 25% of your energy to kind of pay attention to the breath and the rest of the time to... Uh, okay, okay, well, that, <laughs> not, with, not with that degree. <laughs> okay, that's the important thing. So what I want to do is suggest that you, you, when, you, when you notice that you're dull and sleepy and just kind of drifting off, check your attitude of mind. Is that okay? Is it, is it okay to be dull and sleepy in wandering mind? It better be, because that's what we do a lot. I mean, is it okay? No, it's not, right? We don't like that. So let's acknowledge that first we have aversion to dullness and sleepiness, right? Let's acknowledge that. Right? And then ask ourselves, is it okay to be aware of dullness and sleepiness? Is it okay to be aware of it? It is, isn't it? It's got, better be. <laughs> right? So give yourself permission to, well, be dull and sleepy and know that you're dull and sleepy. I know that sounds like, <laughs> that's oxymoronic. How do you do that? Well, try it. Take your, recognize the awareness of sleepiness. Recognize the awareness of dullness. So, so if that only happens because when I'm experiencing dullness, I'm drifting off in thought, it'll, it'll only happen in those occasional moments, you know, between the thoughts. Oh, that's okay. It'll only happen if, you, if you're drifting off and, I, and, and you notice the sleepiness, it's only going to happen. Awareness of sleepiness, sleepy. Sleepy, 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 sleepy. Awareness of sleepiness. Sleepy, 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 sleepy. That's good. You're getting better. <laughs> At least you're not totally asleep, right? You're not going to get any. Re- you're not going to get any relief from me today. I <laughs> I'm not going to get. <laughs> no, it's okay. Of course, of course. When I offer this uh, instruction to recognize the awareness, I'm not saying abandon everything you've done before. I'm not saying that. Do what you've done before and add this complementary instruction of, oh, let me recognize the awareness. Of course, you can use the primary object, the breath, or anything else, and recognize the awareness also. So I'm not saying everything you did before, put that aside, don't do it again. Just do this. It's more meant to be a complementary instruction. Yeah, so... Noticing the noticing of an object, awareness. 
Is the noticing of an object awareness? Or is the noticing of the noticing of the... I missed it. What did you say? Yes. And then feel the pain. Yes. And notice aversion. Yeah. And then I can notice my mind feeling aversion. I can know that I am noticing my mind feeling aversion and, and okay. I'm knowing that right. pain as well. And is that second degree of kind of abstraction from it, the awareness, which is that first part? Okay, so that's a good question. So when uh, let's say a, sen- a, a difficult sensation arises in the body, an unpleasant, and we know that sensation. Is that awareness? Yes. There is awareness of the object. But what is not known or recognized at that time is the awareness that's happening. We're more just, we, to use your description, we're more just aware of the qualities of the sensation, Right? We're just kind of like zooming into it, right? And so we are aware of the sensation of the object. We may not recognize that awareness. Now, what is going on here? Here's the uh, three-dimensional instruction. Here's the difficult sensation. It looks like my fist, Well, right? Okay, and then there is the awareness of it, which is aimed at recognizing this quality of aching, hardness, tightness. So when we know that, of course, that's awareness. But I'm asking you to recognize this activity, this, this activity of awareness. Now, when you're aware of awareness or when you recognize awareness, what is happening? Is, the, is, the, is this awareness that's looking at the object, is it going, turning around and looking at itself? No. Is there another awareness kind of back here, looking at the awareness that's looking at the object? No. Huh. (laughs) I almost got stumped. But here's the object. (laughs) Here's the object. (laughs) Here's the awareness of the object. When there is a recognition of this awareness, it is wisdom within this awareness. Just recognizing the object? Mindfulness. Mindfulness of the object. Not recognizing the awareness. No understanding of the awareness. It's act- the activity of awareness. Okay? So what we're doing is we're cultivating the wisdom that recognizes awareness. That's all the time we have. Sorry. <laughs> I know there's probably no more questions, but I have a list of announcements, so I have to move on to that. Today at 2.30, 2.30, did I get your attention? Not 3.30, 2.30, there will be a guided metta meditation here in the hall, okay? The books, you can pick up one book on the table in the dining room, and again, you can look through it as you wish, but I noticed this morning it's page 74 where it talks about attitude of mind and practice, but, and it's yours to take home. Enjoy. Uh, this morning's group with Deb at 11 will be in the welcome room downstairs.
And so Mark's 11 o'clock group will be upstairs in room 208. Okay? And it's probably marked on there. Okay. Two more perennial reminders. When we practice in Burma, uh, you know, we always think, oh, go to Burma, practice, nice. It is a cacophony. It is so noisy. I mean, there are, there's traffic outside, there's chickens, there's dogs, there's people talking. You can be meditating, and somebody's in the back of the room bringing in flowers to make the arrangements for here, and they're talking and splashing water, and it's just like, and sometimes people just walk up and down in, 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 the, in the meditation hall, Talking. It is really a challenge. And that's, that's just the local stuff. The, 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 the neighborhood uh, coffee joint, or sometimes the nunnery, sometimes they, they rent these uh, loudspeakers, and they put up these loudspeakers, and they, they blast Burmese karaoke. And sometimes the, the nuns or the monks at a nearby nunnery or monastery, they will do a chanting. And the short version of the chanting is three days. The long version is seven. And it's 24-7 for three days, loud. You wake up at two in the morning, there it is. <laughs> Why don't we have that here? Wouldn't that be kind of like good preparation? No. Okay. So we have this rare opportunity, right? Because it's, really it's really quiet here. Occasional traffic, occasional, you know, sounds, bells, whatnot. So we really want to encourage you, now that you've kind of gotten here, you've gotten into momentum, you've got your own interior to really pay attention to, let everybody else do their thing, do your own thing. No need to communicate by note, gesture, whisper, eye contact, just really watch your own mind. You know, it, it doesn't take much, you know, when in the sensitivity of being here after a few days, if someone speaks to you or touches you or whatever, just gets your attention and conveys some judgment or adoration or stink eye or <laughs> whatever it is, it's like it really goes in there. So please let each other have the solitude of their own mind. Okay? That was one reminder. The other thing they do in Burma is they don't have regular trash pickup. They just sweep up all the trash from the kitchen and the, you know, the grounds and everything every day and have a bonfire. Everybody does. And so there's just tremendous amount of junk, leaves, wood, plastic, all kinds of stuff being burned right outside the meditation hall every day. It's not healthy. And some people can't be there. It's just, that's the way it is. That's just the way it is in Burma. Here again, we have the opportunity to have better air and less smells and a kind of more support for being really sensitive, recognizing the sensitivity of the body, how sensitive the body and the sense doors really are. There are still some of you, 
using scented soap and possibly deodorants and skin creams. Um, yesterday there was a, a a nice bar of soap found in one of the shower rooms. It's like, you know, Dial or Lux or one of those things that's like super chemical smelly. If you if you think this doesn't apply to you, please go to the office. They are familiar and have a way of doing a sniff test. Okay? If you don't know, you know, they'll check it out for you. There are some of us that are really sensitive. And it's not just kind of like, you know, some personal preference sensitive. It's like people get sick when they, you know, smell both chemical and even natural. I mean, for me, I often have to ask that they remove the flowers behind on, on the altar because I'm really sensitive to even natural flower smell. And it's just not pleasant. So, again, please be very uh, respectful of those whose sensitivity is other than yours, maybe. And... Um, Check again to see if there's any odors on your clothes, in your soap, your shampoo, your deodorant, whatever it is you're using. And if you need some other unscented stuff, uh, they can get it for you in the office. That's probably enough. With all of that, have a great day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.